Hey guys, it's Robert Gardner with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. I have with me today Michael Arbuckle, a long-term colleague, wonderful body worker and personal trainer here in the Austin area. Michael, can you give people your social media shares and where they can find you outside of the podcast? Yeah, um, so primarily my platform of choice is Instagram. Uh, you can find me at forge uh, underscore body underscore therapy. My company's name is Forge Body Therapy. Um, you can also go to www.forgebodytherapy.com uh, and that'll route you to my link tree, which will send you to your to my Instagram, my Facebook page, um, and as well as my online store. So if you want to uh, buy gift cards, book a session um, as well. During COVID-19, uh, I have removed my booking application, um, but ordinarily you would also find that there as well. Cool. So Michael, you and I have had a, a long um, interaction here in the Austin area. I don't even remember, was it three years ago that we started working together? Yeah, so I graduated uh, massage school in the summer of 2016. And I didn't receive my license though until that November. And then a month later, I had my first session with you and the rest is history. Um, you're, uh, you're an, a, a birthday Christmas gift. Uh, I was like, there's this crazy guy who gives super long massages and, uh, I want to see what that's about. And the rest is history. Talked for four hours and, you know, haven't looked back. Yeah. So, uh, much has changed, uh, during those, uh, three years, um, is there something in particular that you wanted to talk about today? Like there's tons of topics. I mean, we'll probably yeah. wander around in the course of our discussion, but is there anything kind of in your crawl at the moment as you're stuck at home? Man. Um, yeah, uh, this is, this is a very interesting, uh, uh, set of circumstances that we're in right now. Um, I, for the first time in three years, I haven't touched or worked on a body in over 30 days that's blowing my mind right now um Robert I honestly have to say I miss it I miss working with my people yeah. uh like I truly when I say I feel like this I found my calling is like I just am so happy to work with people and work with them to feel and move better and to not be able to do that um has been super challenging um, so I've taken some time. I know other therapists are taking time to kind of reevaluate, uh, take stock, try to, you know, brainstorm what this looks like on the other side. Um, I, you know, I, I think this is a confusing time. What is massage in the post COVID, uh, 19 pandemic look like? What is, what does touch look like? Um, your sessions, my sessions, we, we push two hours, three hours, four hours long sharing close proximity with another person. Yeah. How do we, how do we navigate that? Um, post, uh, post COVID-19. And so just, um, for me, it's been a, you know, a, a, a time to reflect, but also just kind of like look to the future and how we can kind of morph and pivot uh, the work that we do and how we interact with people um, to be able to deliver the same great um, service and uh, outcome 
which is people are moving uh, better, feeling better, more comfortable in their bodies, um, but we can do it in a way that keeps ourselves and our patients uh, safe and healthy. Um, so that's that's been something that's been on my mind. I have some glimmers of ideas. Uh, I You mentioned I'm a personal trainer. I am. I don't practice. Uh, I have that certification as a um, kind of an option uh, for myself, uh, but also just because I wanted um, the kind of purview to start delving into corrective exercises. Uh, and currently with massage regulation, one of your favorite topics as it is, uh, whether or not massage therapists, body workers um, are able to like offer, suggest, uh, prescribe, ooh, big word, um, corrective exercises uh, is, a, is still a question. And I, I think that's uh, kind of silly. Having gone through the <laughs> personal training certification, we're going to use quotations there, um, because they are um, given permission to lead people through a set of movements and um, with equipment that could far outweigh the damage that any massage therapist could possibly achieve. Um, and massage therapists have a much, much higher and much more in-depth level of education as to the human body. Um, I took the class for personal training uh, at home, kind of self-directed. I found myself unlearning things that I learned through anatomy and physiology um, in massage school because of the most current uh, practices and knowledge that was being um, transferred to me via the personal training cert. And uh, I found that confusing and frustrating uh, for the number of times I've come up against rules and regulations that tell me that, you know, the type, the type of body work that I do uh, or the, the work that I want to do moving towards like a movement-based practice, a mat-based practice, but then God forbid I ask the client to engage in a movement or exercise with me um, or for me to uh, assess their movement patterns, you know, that's, I'm, I'm towing the line there. And that's crazy. Mm, I mean, I really think most of it just depends on what you call it. Yeah. I mean, let's just be completely frank about it. You know, the depth and scope of what we're discussing, most massage therapists would say, no, our scope of practice is very clear. And I go, is it? Let's dig. Yeah. Let's, let's go to stretch zone and see what's going on and go, hmm, what is that? Yeah. Stretch lab. Huh. That's very interesting. Yeah. 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 I would agree. And, you know, and, and again, this isn't the harp on personal training because what they, the service that they provide is excellent. Um, it, it can be utilized to really, really help people. Um, but it's, it's so interesting to me, the level of education, the amount of time and investment that I took to get my massage license uh, compared to the quick cert that I was able to get uh, from personal training, never having face to face with anybody in that industry uh, was pretty astounding. Um, and the, the, the purview it gave me to go forth and personal train anybody I want was um, 
it was it was kind of a it was a it was a shock to me uh, as a therapist having worked diligently for three years uh, to build my practice you know do it the right way um, you know dot my dot my eyes and cross my t's um, when all I want to do is really help people I just you know um, well in a regulatory environment you have to understand you have to have a license to cut hair in this country. Uh, there are Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructors. Uh, do they have a license to learn how to choke people out? <laughs> That's a great question. I have no idea. Uh, I don't. If we really dig into regulation and we could go off about that forever, like that's what people don't really understand. Like, you know, not that I'm encouraging more regulation, but I'm saying it doesn't feel like it's really a level playing field when it comes to licensure and scope. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. Um, but yeah, so kind of, I got a little off topic, but just what does it look like, um, for us as, you know, practitioners after, after the quarantines are lifted? Um, and like I said, I, I started with the personal training because I wanted to work with corrective exercises. Uh, but ultimately what I've discovered and what I'm seeing time and time again is there has to be basically a union of body work and movement work happening like yeah. you have to you have to like we so often fondly say we mash on people and then what we need to add to that is get them to move engage like now use those muscles that have been you know mashed on to now assess where their new range of motion is see if they can access new parts um or uh degrees of motion that they weren't um priorly able to access and that's and that's you know it's a new i to me and the way that i've been uh schooled is that's a new that's a new territory we we aren't in the end just call yourself a mobility coach and don't worry about it right so forge forge mobility coaching you know might might emerge out of this quarantine well i mean when we talk about exposure and risk uh because of covid the thing is, if you're working at the local massage envy, and let's say you got 10 therapists and each therapist is going to see six people a day, that's 60 people uh, coming and going out of that facility. If I'm completely booked five days a week with two clients, that's 10 people. Yeah. Coming into access with me, no front desk staff. On a scale, eh, I mean, risk is fairly low. When I go to right. Walmart, to get groceries, I'm stepping into a petri dish. Yeah, and that's and that's true. And I think, um, you know, if you if you put in that perspective, and I think if we can um, kind of reliably figure out what those the risks factors are, I think it'll really help. Um, because I know myself, I know there's other therapists out there who are scared, you know, and reasonably so because this is unprecedented. We we don't our industry has never faced this. I know there's other industries affected, but um yeah i mean a touch-based industry yeah uh is gonna have to evolve um and i think honestly it's gonna be uh while it's scary and frightening it's gonna be exciting to see how this uh might catalyze a revolution within our industry to maybe make some real positive change uh so that is you know a silver lining that i'm excited about the the craziest thing i've seen is people's adoption of the word telehealth Ah, 
seemed to take all of a week and everybody was like, Oh, I can do it online. And I'm like, really? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been telling you that for three years, but nobody seems to listen. And all of a sudden it's like when they're forced to, Oh, we can learn online. And I'm like, really? Wow. That's interesting. Um, Yeah. That, uh, that's uh, a great point to bring up. And I have to say, I'm guilty. I mean, from that first meeting, you told me, make an Instagram, make a Facebook, put yourself on social media. And I was like, yeah, that's not really me. Yeah. I don't really talk on camera. I'm not really that kind of guy. I don't want to videotape my sessions, how invasive that would feel. Uh, and now, I mean, if you look at my Instagram, like my, my page is full of content of me working, joking, talking, you know, cupping, cupping a client while they're, you know, they're doing a FaceTime live. Like it's, it's crazy. Um, how far my practice has come, but honestly, this, you know, from the moment I started taking my social media presence seriously, uh, within six months, my practice looked completely different. Um, the clients that I had were different. The, people who were reaching out to me organically were different. Uh, they were people who were hungry for body work, like what I was providing. And it was so easy. Um, I really just don't, I couldn't uh, kind of imagined how successful just a couple of short videos of me talking through and explaining what I was doing on a particular client. And then, um, you know, what the outcome was, just those three key elements completely revolutionized uh, my practice and made me a believer uh, when it comes to it. Is it easy? Absolutely not. I don't, I, every time I make a video, it still feels like, you know, pulling teeth, but I know that the return on investment is so worth it. Why does it feel like pulling teeth? Um, you know, I think for each person it's different. Me personally, I have a, uh, a qualm with seeing myself on screen already looking at my little face, uh, on this zoom call, uh, is stressing me out, but you know, I'm doing my best to present a professional, uh, facade and excuse the tank top. Um, but you know, it is COVID. <laughs> it's, it's, it's qu- quarantine chic. Um, if, we, if we did a, our our podcast in pajamas, nobody would, would you know bother at this stage. Right, exactly. Um, but yeah, so for me, it was just a resistance of you know getting used to looking at myself and talking on camera, listening to my voice, doubting myself, being like, oh, uh, you know, is anybody going to find this relevant? Are they going to want to engage? Are they going to just laugh and be like, what is this guy putting out there? Um, and then probably the number one thing that keeps me from putting uh, content out is my peers. I am really afraid that my peers, probably not other massage therapists, I don't really care uh, what they think, um, just because I don't think that they're, they've delved deep enough to talk the amount of shit that I hear them talk. Yeah. Um, but it's the pain science community. It's the people that the, the people I look up to the physical therapists, the chiropractors, the, you know, the people who are deemed medically, um, co- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, competent, uh, medically competent. Uh, 
I'm, I'm, I'm worried about overstepping my, uh, my bounds because everybody loves to draw perfect little boxes around their industry and say, this is what's ours. You can't touch this. Mm, um, and we all know that that's not true. The people who would leave negative comments under your videos are losers. And the second part is if you draw the attention of people who don't necessarily agree with what you're doing, okay, does a chiropractor mostly, do they work on soft tissue? No. Do physical therapists mostly work on soft tissue? They actually don't. Um, and it's funny. Um, and, but the relationship with massage therapists has been complicated and we know, as practitioners, like, again, that comes down to regulation, certification, what, you know, so we all think that we have been given great education. And I wouldn't disagree. I think our understanding of a, the musculoskeletal system is quite extensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you try to talk to most of those other health practitioners about soft tissue, and they will start to glaze over. They don't know a lot of the attachment sites. I will caveat that with by saying, uh, most PTs do because they do work so, um, so much with a kind of sports injury and soft tissue tendons, things like that. So they'll, they'll probably have a good handle, but how to affect that tissue. Um, I've, I've had multiple PTs tell me how, how much they value massage therapists because that manual part of the work, it's not just something that you get. Yeah. Like they don't have time. They don't have time. They don't they, have one time. was like, I took 20 minutes to work on a client and man, was I tired. And I'm like, yeah, 20 minutes. That sounds really long. My last session was two and a half hours, you know, yeah. but I got you. It's not, it's not easy. It's not a cakewalk, but I think I, 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 we deliver. relish, I relish people with more degrees, knowing more coming and kicking me around in the YouTube comments. Okay. Like, okay. Teach me something. I don't know. When you talk about the pain science community. Listen, the pain science community may be correct on the science, but their marketing is absolutely atrocious. Yeah. And in the end, it's like, will people write me hate mail because I say that? Okay, sure, write me hate mail. Like, what do I care? Like, I got a million people with a million different opinions. Listen, yesterday, Ice T liked my post. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. You're untouchable. <laughs> it's. You know, there's just there's so many layers. I think the industry, you know, it's 2020. The industry is changing. Millennials are running in with smartphone. I see the development, and I feel like I just kind of caught it early and kind of rode some of that crest as an educator, where yeah. I feel like my target market, so to speak, for, like, students is more people your age and younger. Yeah. I mean, I'll get some my age or older as well, but it's like if I had to say, you know, people my age are not interested in me teaching them how to market their practice on TikTok. Right. And that's, and that's interesting, but it's, um, I want to bring to the, the front of the conversation. I think I work because of my presence on Instagram with a probably a slightly younger client base. Um, but it's amazing how often they want to pull out their phones during session because they want people to see that they're taking care of themselves. And that's pretty cool. Uh, the fact, you know, you're, I mean, you think about a Swedish massage, that's just not an option. Like, I mean, I've had guys in their couples massages where the guy is trying to watch, you know, the, the football game through his face cradle. So he's got his phone there, but beyond that traditional massage does not lend itself to that engagement that you can get 
um, that interaction between client and um, therapist that, you know, is now happening with massage, particularly with us uh, practitioners that w- work with people fully clothed. You can be like, hey, I mean, do you want to jump on Facebook Live and tell people how you're feeling right after this treatment? Because that would be a great thing for me. I'd love it. And uh, it really it really makes a difference. Um, I'll also say the collaborations with other practitioners uh, and the possibilities there are endless, you know? If you have two people in the know working on each other and doing it on camera, that's a powerful tool. Um, I have only recently found another massage therapist who's, you know, bold enough and willing to go there with me, but I have personal trainers that I work on. I have several chiropractors that I work with uh, who love to just be like, yeah, come into my office, get an adjustment. Let's talk about it on Instagram live. You know, I want to come in, show people how I'm getting my body taken care of and shoot that out to all of my followers. Like these tools are absolutely like mind-blowingly powerful. You just have to get creative and uh, go for it. Yeah. That would be my. Just fearless. I just, I don't know. I, I'll always say this. Like if you get people who leave negative comments on your videos, those people are losers. And I just can't imagine being worried about making a video because somebody was going to comment negative on, on it. Yeah. It's like, for me, I just look at it like, the positive feedback loop. So you make videos, you're active on social media, you engage and network, you market, you talk to people, you handshake, and you do it digitally with your smartphone. Results in clients, results in making money, results in business getting easier. Once you connect that feedback loop, Mm -hmm. your your haters become very small voices. Yeah. Yeah, it just Um, doesn't, doesn't concern me. And I think the part that um, maybe didn't make as much sense and is so hard to wrap your head around in uh, around it is how how much of an iterative process this is and how much that's kind of the blanket statement of the century when it comes to what we do. When we first started doing massage, we didn't go in there absolutely knowing when we worked on that person's body, how it was going to respond. We just did the best we could. And then the next time did it a little better. The only difference is, is now that you're capturing it on film, there is a review period. There's definitely a kind of like, Oh, I had no idea. That's how that looked. That's not how I pictured myself. I never had to look at myself like that. And that's hard. You know, we talk about the man in the mirror, like we're now being, you know, Hey, look at you. You know, this is you. Is this, is this how you want to look like, because you got to look at it. And now everybody's looking at it. The world is looking at it. And that's a hard part, you know. And for me, uh, what it took was um, one of my one of my net, uh, young people that I had networked with, uh, they just, they whipped out a phone during one of our sessions, like, I'm going to capture this. And I'm like, uh, what? And it just, it, it was totally shoddy. It was like a 30 second clip, threw it up on the on the internet. And I was like, Oh, my God, did that just happen? Like, totally ripped the bandaid off for me, but it blew up and people were like, holy crap. Like, what are you doing? Like people wanted to engage. People were curious. I have, I have to say for as much fear about negative comments as I have, the number of negative comments that I've received super low. Um, 
it's all a lot of that is all up in your head the doubt um the questioning just put something out there share it there are people out there who will connect um somebody uh, there was a thread on my business page and it was about um authenticity people feel like you know you got to pick up the phone and show them your darkness or something you have to show them your struggle your plight your poverty your this your that and i'm like what like, no, it's like, it's not good or bad or, you know, affluence or poverty. Just document your process. Just take out the phone and say, man, I don't understand everything about pain science. I'm trying to learn more. Yeah. I don't understand everything about body work because I'm still looking at like, you know, students who are personal trainers who are talking to me about, um, you know, active mobilization or like uh, prescriptive exercise, if you want to call it. Like yeah. there's a bunch of stuff I don't know and I'm very... I think transparent about the fact that I don't know. And the transparent is the thing. It's not Hollywood anymore. People mm. actually like it more when I flub on camera and I misspeak and I curse or whatever, because they're sort of drawn to the humanity. Yeah. If somebody just barges into my studio all of a sudden and they're like poking their head around. I'm like, Hey man, what's going on? They're like, oh, I'm here to mow the grass. All of a sudden it humanizes it somehow. Yeah, that's what the difference is. This technology in the last twenty years, what did this look like in the year two thousand? Yeah, not not as powerful. It's only been twenty years. Yeah, like, they didn't get on the internet until nineteen ninety five. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just uh, it's it's a really interesting time. Um, I have had a little bit of success, you know, fits and starts of you know, motivation to start creating a catalog of movement videos where I am not even touching another person. I am just demonstrating uh, movements and um, different activations and stretches that people can use in these kind of weird isolated times. Um, it kills me. I have been getting text messages from clients being like, hey, are you by chance working? And it crushes me. It, it just... Yeah. It just destroys me to not be able to answer them and say, yes, I can help you. You know, I, and I, I hope that at the end of all this, they will look back and be like Michael or such a Robert, whoever the practitioner is that they're seeking help from. I hope that they remember that they took their own safety and the safety of that client in mind when they said, you know what, hang in there. You can make it through this. I can, you know, I always offer, phone calls, Zoom calls like this. Um, I'm happy to troubleshoot people. You know, they're like, hey, you know, like when I move my arm like this, it hurts. I'm like, okay, you know, we can talk through it. Hey, here's some, here's a set of videos that I can send you. Troubleshoot, see what you got. Um, get back to me. Let me know how that feels. And maybe we can trouble, you know, I can show you some lacrosse mobilization, lacrosse ball mobilizations to like massage the tissue yourself, right? Is that what they want? Is that going to satisfy that itch, that need for yeah, that a massage? No, absolutely not. But hopefully we all understand that uh, this will pass and we can, you know, we're going to just do our best to help each other right now. Um, but it's, you know, it's new, new territory. You have to have connections and a network to be able to draw clients from. There's nothing about COVID that is stop people from forming connections if those connections are digital. It means, okay, you don't have a big background using Zoom and doing conferences and showing how to work on their tricep or whatever, but you could start. Yeah. You could contact every client you've had. Let's say you've got a list of 100 
and you could individually write each of them, you know, a template, you know, you could write it out, cut and paste, and just offer them a free Zoom conference to like interact with and find out how they're doing. Here's what they remember. When this is over in a month to six weeks and we slowly get back to normal, you got them. Yeah. 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 And that's, and that's, uh, that's a powerful tool. Um, and something I think that we need to remember uh, as we're going through this, because yeah, I had, I've, I've had mostly, I have had clients reach out to me um, and you know, their general thing. I'm like, Hey, is there anything I can do? And they're like, I just need a massage. And I'm like, I understand. I need to work on people. Like this is, this is a struggle. I really, you know, um, man, how but, nice would that be to get a massage? <laughs> it, would, it would feel, it would feel real good. It would, it would feel pretty dope right now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, but yeah. like talking about how it affects the industry. I mean, I just don't assume, um, you know, if we get back to normal within a month, six weeks, however long, I don't assume things are going to be that different. And I think people's fear will slowly dissipate. Um, it's a completely unprecedented situation. And I understand why people are having so much stress, uh, including uh, governmental agencies, regulators, you know, governors, the president. They're, they're trying to figure out this completely new landscape not being epidemiologists, you know, we're right. trying to find experts to get information from, but it is so unprecedented for the level of transportation that we have. And then also, you know, it's a new disease basically. Oh. Yeah. It's weird. Um, and that's something that I, you know, I have, I used to work, um, one of my jobs was working chair massage at the Austin airport and I kept that job one. It was a great paying job. It was very dynamic. No two days were the same. I loved that. I loved that I had floor to ceiling, 30 foot windows in this big atrium space. But what it also gave me was a clientele that was very kind of diverse. And um, I actually have captured some of them uh, as private clients and had them, you know, they were business travelers and they came to Austin several times um, and they looked me up and they came and saw my private practice. What does that look like after, after all this? Because isn't travel one of the number one things that people are like, ooh, can't bring, you know, the, the cooties from another city to our city because that's, you know, just helps it spread. That'll um, be interesting. Um, do I tell them, yeah, you have to quarantine yourself for two weeks? Like, that's just not a thing. Uh, so what does that look like? I'm not sure. But, uh, but I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll figure out a way to you know, skirt around this and make it, make it work. I think it'll, it'll bump the dial in some ways, uh, more online training, more online education technology opens up a little bit in an industry that has been generally hesitant um, to do so. But again, within a month to six weeks, I assume as things start going back to normal, it'll be relatively similar. Uh, we may be in a recession based on, you know, numbers I've seen according to economists, but we just have to wait and uh, see what happens. I know that in the end, uh, I am young and robust. I can go get a job if I have to. There you go. It's like, I'll, I will pack groceries at HEB. <laughs> get it. I will work hard and I will, you know, be there with my phone documenting my HEB bagging process, depending on their corporate policy. Um, 
you know, I, I certainly don't have as much fear as some people do, but I don't have my own children. Um, and I've kept my expenses very low, fortunately. I have saved tons of money by not going out and eating and drinking. It's amazing. I, I'm, I'm kind of appalled at myself at how much I do spend. Uh, because before I was like, oh my God, there's so little money in so much month. And now I'm like, oh my God, how have I made this money last this long? This is <laughs> incredible. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's little blips here and there. Um, but I'm, I'm excited about the potential. Uh, I was, you know, very honored when you asked me and I finally had time to jump on uh, this, this call, this podcast. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And I actually have uh, a PT uh, that I had worked with prior to this, the shutdown uh, reach out to me and we're going to, we're going to do a, try a Instagram live. Uh, So see how that works. But again, just trying to embrace those concepts you've drilled into us about uh, engaging on social media, crossing platforms, networking, you know, kind of leveraging those uh, social networks of myself and then anybody able to connect to, uh, to spread the good word. Um, because I would say the biggest thing for me, and, you know, I thank you for this. Nobody's ever seen work like we do. Uh, people are always just like, what did I even receive a massage? Like, what was that? Why did it, what, huh? And that, and that's time after time, every single time I'm like, man, what would my life look like if I didn't have to call myself a massage therapist? Like if I could just go gangbusters and be like, you can, you know? Yeah. I mean, so here's the thing you, you got to do the work, but you can, you don't have to call it massage. You know, as well as I do, when you call it massage, they box you in. Right. I don't, I don't like little closets. I don't like little boxes. I don't like living in them. And I went, wait a second. What about over here? Like, what about more freedom, more profit potential? What about helping people in a more significant way when it comes to chronic pain? Right. Chronic pain and mobility is really the the core of, you know, what I work with. And I like working with chronic pain clients. The chronic pain clients were not the ones who gave me pushback. If anything, they would completely freak out. But Robert, I don't understand. This is amazing. Why is it just everywhere? And I'd say, because massage therapists tell me it's not massage. And they were like, yeah. what? That's ridiculous. I don't, and I'm like, I know, but you're, it's kind of like, is Uber a cab company? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, oh no, it's ride sharing. You know, it's like, you're getting into semantics and jargon after a while. In the end, um, I just try to focus on problem solution and I don't worry too much. Like when you were talking to them earlier before we started recording about, you know, uh, unclothed, like sliding over skin, uh, forming continuity. The students, I think eventually, if I'm successful at branding what I do, I think that they're going to have confusion about the fact that, you know, you decide to take out oil and work on a table. And it's like, is that what I teach? And I'm like, uh, I'm just trying to give students more tools. Yeah. I'm not yeah, really yeah. trying to make them conform to my, you know, packaging. Yeah. You and I have, you and I have gone back and forth on uh, branding strategies and whatnot. Uh, I do have to say, I it, I feel, and I'm just going to call you out. I feel like that's a walk back from where we, where you once were, about 
I believe the phrase was, I'm going to take a stick of dynamite and blow up your massage table. Oh, no, I'm still going to do that. The ad, the ad is going to be me going out with a bat or like an axe. So I'll dress up like a Viking. And I'm just going to hack the table up and then light it on fire. And out of the smoke comes my logo. Yeah. There you go. I, I really think you should consider doing an off, like the, uh, the movie, The Office, when those guys go ape copier. on that, the, the copier. <laughs> I really would love to see and would actively participate in a scene of such, um, yeah. as long as it's not a, uh, you know, well, too expensive. I, I think also um, I, I've come to terms. I've come to terms with the fact that not every therapist is going to like it or want it or promote it or, you know, whatever. And the thing is, it's like my work biomechanically doesn't really resist the table. Um, the table just represents a certain subset of biochemical, not biochemical, uh, biomechanical limitations as far as the therapist's capacity to use the legs and feet and use deeper compressions. Um, multiple points of contact. Getting on the table with the client, we posted a video with that today, is complex. Like I still teach it, but I just don't think it's a very good platform for what I'm trying to get therapists to do. The difference is they're already learning Swedish in school. They're already learning how to work on the table in school. Yeah. I'm continuing education. Yeah, I'm absolutely. like, come on, let's let's develop and give you some more tools. That's that's really all. Yes. It is. Like, I don't really feel like I'm at war with the overall culture. Um, I think some of it is I just have to have find enough of my fans to be able to continue building a business, working with students, working with ideal students and clients, and then be happy with that subset of the marketplace that I take up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, ever since I met you and I experienced the work, I was like, why Robert, what is your fascination with spreading this? Like, let me, let me keep this ancient Thai secret and just go (laughs) (laughs) ravage, ravage the, the industry. Because I mean, honestly, like you can't, I mean, I've met one other therapist and we've worked on each other. We're different, but our styles are not that dissimilar because it you i mean it's just better it it it, after you receive work like this a swedish just feels like heavy petting and it's very relaxing i can fall asleep it's wonderful but that's not why i'm getting body work and and i think for me uh in the last three years i really if you want to talk about regulation i'd rather see spa massage or Swedish gets split off from the rest of manual therapy and have it be its own thing. Like let them, like let them regulate it with facials, let them regulate it with aesthetics and stuff like that. Let body work like pain management, deep tissue, like orthopedic style work be its own standalone thing because calling it massage is reductive and unhelpful and it doesn't help the clients find what they need which is you know when most people go in they're like oh my neck a swedish massage if you've ever gone in with a neck crank and you're like you get a swedish massage is the most disappointing thing ever because you're just like i just spent an hour and yeah i feel moisturized but i got almost no relief in the symptoms that i needed treated uh because that person spent 60 minutes rubbing lotion off over my entire body instead of 60 minutes on the areas that needed to be affected uh, to give me relief. I mean, as, um, I, as I tune curriculum um, and make it more specific to address incoming students, 
you know, when I realize that as an educator, I have to go, hey, if the guy comes in with shoulder pain, we want to, I want you to do something radical and different. I want you to work on their shoulder pain first. I don't even want you to do a full session. Yeah. I just want you to work on their shoulder pain. And you go, that's what you have to do because they've been trained to deliver a massage and do a full body sequence. Yeah. And I would say probably the, the one of my greatest feedbacks from clients has been, man, thank you so much for actually working on the problem that I really wanted to work on. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for not expecting me to execute and make your entire body feel great in 60 minutes. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. If you come in crawling onto my table because your body's wrecked because you work out or you sit too long or whatever it is, whatever reason you your body's hurting, barring traumatic incident, you didn't get there overnight. It just didn't happen. You know, it was months, years, uh, decades of time spent ingraining those patterns into your body. And it's going to take a little bit more than 60 minutes to fix it. Just one, just one problem, like a shoulder. People are astounded when I can spend 90 minutes above, you know, chest level. I'm like mm -hmm. neck and shoulders. I can spend 90 minutes on yeah. one shoulder and a neck on one yeah. side of your neck. And they're like, Oh my God. Holy, like, and I'm like, yeah, but no, therapists are just too stuck in this idea that no, 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 no we got to treat everything. It's got to be, it's got to be complete. I'm like, that's not what they're paying for. So again, I think there needs to be a division from those services because like if somebody wants to go in, have their beautiful blissful nap, aromatherapy, oil, you know, pillows and fluff. Great. Perfect. Not, I'm not saying all massages like that, but if that's what you're looking for, that should be one service. And if you come in with soft tissue, like, needs like strain scalings trap tissue that really really needs to be uh addressed and treated it should be a different service it should be a completely different animal because what we're providing is not swedish massage and they shouldn't be lumped in the same category i mean my only way of dealing with that people may you know send me hate mail on occasion is I don't break any, I mean, I'm a licensed therapist. I'm not breaking any massage laws. Yeah. I'm operating completely within my scope of practice. I've just changed the parameters to three hours long, mat base, close on. And for me, it's like trying to change the culture at large. Nah, I change me and turn on the camera each day and show them what I do and keep going. And then what happens is, is as it grows, the haters, I don't hear that as much. Like, I do, I made a post to a massage group last night, and they said they declined it, Michael, and wrote a note at the bottom and said, We don't have time to watch a 50 minute video. I saw that. I, <laughs> I just laughed, and I was, and I'm yeah, like, I Well, mean, you seem to have time to go through a 600 hour curriculum of school. Yeah. It's like your priorities are a little out of whack when 
not advertising, not promoting. Now we can talk about whether it's self-promotion, ooh, the evils of self-promotion when I make a podcast with Michael Arbuckle. It's like somebody might dare listen to Robert Gardner and actually like what he has to say. Ooh, you know? It's like in the end, I can't deal with the mass industry, I can't deal with the mass culture. Listen, I got anti-vaxxers and flat earthers on my goddamn Facebook feed posting shit all day wearing tinfoil hats in the middle oh, of the Oh, no. It's like, it, it's gone berserk. And I'm like, I'm no. in that little corner. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> get no, ready, sir. <laughs> get ready to read Dermo Neuromodulation and, you know, dealing with social media and Instagram simultaneously. I'm like, just, you know, in my case, pay the bills, go your own way, keep going, Call it something else, brand what you do, find your audience, and just keep going. Like, it, me, I don't know. It just feels like a waste of my life energy getting overly concerned with what other people are doing. Fair. No, that's totally fair. Um, it, uh, <laughs> yeah, just that idea that a Facebook group geared towards massage therapists uh, and the the point is, is that we should be sharing educational content. Uh, the hilarity of the fact that the moderators would just decline a post because it was too long for them to review. Um, just, uh, I think it might have something to do with who posted it. <laughs> yeah, and maybe, and that's it. But I mean, that just shows a complete lack of prof- professionalism. Uh, which I find to be rampant within the the massage industry in general, but also just this idea um, that it uh, what you're oh that it's uh, not important enough to actually do that. We don't. I mean, there's not enough uh, ambition within the community to evaluate the content of an educational provider. Like that's I I think that's ludicrous. And I know you have a very special relationship with all of these groups uh having either been the founder and or bane of their very existence um by merely existing uh but it is it is ridiculous to me that they refuse to um create space because that's i mean we have nothing but time right now we're our entire industry has been pulled to a like a dead standstill well you know I, and this is the thing I, I i struggle with this um spiritually okay so like the the shit you go through in life helping um, you become the person that you are i'm just warning you you dropped the first cuss word so yeah. you've given me you've given me license oh no it, not only is cursing acceptable it's mandatory <laughs> oh <laughs> so shit <laughs> it's like the problem is while it's going on I wouldn't want anybody to tell me, well, this is for your best. This is a, this is a learning opportunity, Robert. We know you're suffering right now, but this is for your best. Like I I wouldn't want to say that, but at the same time, the reason I figured out all the stuff I figured out is because local schools wouldn't listen. Local facilities wouldn't listen and local facilities wouldn't let me work doing what I was doing. And local yeah. facilities kept trying to box it in. And why don't you package this this way at the yoga studio? Why don't you do this? And I'm like, no, why don't I do what I think is best because I'm the one who does this shit? Right. Why don't I formulate it the way I think it should be put out? And why don't I be uncompromised? And then it went, ooh, there's this thing called the internet. 
Yeah. And when you're an anarchist, the internet is kind of a nice place to be because there is not a lot of control over me putting out information directly to my audience and working with them and finding those people. And if, uh, if, if a thousand people in Ukraine tomorrow write me and go, you must come to Ukraine. I'm like, I will drink all your vodka. <laughs> yes. Eat all your caviar and figure out what the hell is going on in Ukraine. Um, yeah. The thing is, but it's hard when you're getting that resistance and pushback to look at it as an opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, you and I have different visions of what we're trying to achieve. Again, uh, you've always had this uh, desire to appeal to this industry. And basically from day one, like even when I set foot in massage school, I was nervous because I was like, I'm not going to fit in with these guys. This is not for me. <laughs> I luckily had the most amazing class of people. There was maybe one person that I felt was just the quintessential example of why I questioned why I wanted to be a massage therapist. Yeah. I'm not going to give any descriptors, but none of it <laughs> felt, none of what they were saying felt scientifically founded and or relevant to anatomy physiology of administering a massage. And I was very concerned. And, uh, but that general attitude and mentality of kind of wishy-washy, whatever uh, you want to call it within the industry is too rampant. And I think it's what is stifling our acceptance, our growth um, being taken seriously because, and again, it just, I just keep going back to, it should just be separate. Energy work should be its own fucking thing. It does not need to be lumped in with massage. Swedish massage does not need to be considered the same or equitable to orthopedic and or any sort of corrective tissue work that we're doing. It just doesn't need to happen. But again, uh, we love, I mean, for, for a society that loves to put labels in boxes, like how have we not like separated these things to make it? Well, I mean, practical? years ago at the time of size jam at this time, we might've been running the jam for a year or two. And we had a lot of people from the acro yoga community um, in who were kind of like anywhere from 18 to 24, somewhere in that range. And we were working late one night, you know, you got a handful of therapists, maybe a yoga teacher here or there. And then uh, one of the participants might've been 19 years old. And she's like, this is awesome. This is so great. This is what I want to do. And I'm like, oh, you want to do time massage? And she's like, yeah, I want to do time massage for a living can you train me? And I said, <laughs> yes, but you have to go to massage school. And they're like, oh, but they don't teach me what you do. And I'm like, no, I'm continuing education, at, but you have to get a massage license. And they're like, oh, and here's the thing. I don't make the rules. And I, I casually told them, I'm like, listen, if you want, let's do this. Let's all work together. Let's uh, build things up to a point where we get enough money where we hire lobbyists. Those lobbyists are going to go down to the Capitol building. We're going to get Thai massage instituted as its own specific form of work. And to get a license to do Thai massage, you got to go to my school. I like that. And they were like, oh, that's horrible. And I'm like, oh, well, that's what they did. 
Yeah. Um, right. It is, it is astounding to me. I mean, we talk about the history of massage, like humans use of touch as a therapy dates back to when humans existed, first existed, like humans have been touching other humans for the purpose of either hurting or helping them uh, since, since the dawn of time. Like it is in our nature to just be like, Oh, you heard something. Let me touch it and make it better. That is our natural instinct. You know, you stub your toe, you rub it. You, you're just like, you just want to, you rub it, you touch it. It's tactile. You're over, you're flooding, whatever the science is touch. And the fact that it hasn't evolved into highly technical, highly specialized separate fields within that touch community is astounding to me. Like it's bizarre. How have we, how has massage not progressed further past where it is right now, where people still associate it with like dream catchers and crystals? I don't understand that. Time. Yeah, the, the massage industry, what did the massage industry look like 40 years ago in 1980? I mean, if you ask me, it feels like it doesn't look much different because that's, I but feel like only, I'm working. But it's only been 40 years. I know, but what is what has chiropractic done in that time? What has pers- physical training or physical therapy done in that time? Those communities are excelling and they're changing and they're adapting. We have not done that sort of radical shift at all. Well, we're still, I mean, it's, it's we're still. Like, okay. The, the cab industry could have evolved into Uber. The hotel yeah. industry could have evolved into Airbnb. Right. The massage industry could have, well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a, uh... It's, 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 it's interesting. And again, I'm, you know, I'm, I, this is coming from my perspective of being in this for three years, but understanding that this is a very old, old field to be in. And the fact that, I mean, I know you just said 40 years, but that's not true because massage has existed longer than that. So, and people have been, you know, uh, the the modern study of medicine started way longer ago, uh, much like massage did, but by yeah. accident. I think massage winds up being sort of sidelined because massage is a manual, hands-on therapy. We don't have robots and strong artificial intelligence to do it. It is very difficult to scale. Yes. Uber scales. Yes. Airbnb scales. Napster scales facebook scales massage not so much and the thing is from that standpoint even from a scientific and research-based standpoint it's much more difficult to isolate variables to be able to study this in a very mm. cohesive it's not impossible but a, a consistent cohesive way reduction to a single variable for double uh, research yeah you're you're right and then but and guess what we can do research on very easily oxycot yeah, the yeah, that's the other global pandemic right now. Um, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's not a problem anymore. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm pretty sure that everybody's stuck at home with all of those prescription drugs and not mishandling them <laughs> at all. Not not a single instance of um, yeah pharmaceutical abuse. 
Um, oh man, speaking, I wanted to touch back on your uh, flat earthers and um, conspiracy theorists. <laughs> I, I accidentally delved down a hole of somebody who's within my kind of my community of like body workers and like physical therapists those and they were posting some doctor who is out there ripping WHO uh Dr. Fossey all the all the leading experts on the covid thing a new one saying that they're just proliferating lies and it is i mean while part of me is like oh there's another perspective part of me was like holy fucking shit we are like a tinfoil hat away from you know the mars landing being a a, a hoax and <laughs> like i i was i was flabbergasted because there's highly educated people who are just like fuck these other science dudes and i'm like what like what's happening um so yeah i don't know it uh it's a weird world out there <laughs> It's certainly weird. Certainly weird. Hey, listen, why don't we uh, take a quick break and then we'll come back for part two. All right. 